1: tonight we give you praise thank you for being the alpha and the omega, thank you for the being our beginning, our end of days thank you Lord for the month of May, thank you for your goodness thank you for your blessing, thank you for safety in all our travels this month thank you Lord that in all our ways you have preserved us we give you praise, we give you glory in Jesus precious name breathe upon your word, bring us understanding, change us Make us become the people of God us to be. In Jesus' matchless name, amen. Amen. All right, join your hands together for the Lord. Amen. So we continue with our series on follow me. Somebody say follow follow me. Okay, follow me is what we have been looking at. And we have been asking ourselves, what kind of followers are we? Ask your neighbor, what kind of follower are you? Okay, what kind of follower are you? It's possible that you are following God, but you have not taken the time to ask yourself the kind of follower you are. And if you are going to get the best out of following God, you have to follow him according to the way he expects you to follow. Praise the Lord. And God expects us to follow him in a number of ways. We've looked at a number of them and presently we're looking at be a humble follower. Somebody say a humble follower. Say, a humble follower. Okay, Ephesians 5 and verse number 5 and 6 is what we are looking at. He says, and likewise, younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you, be submissive one to another and be clothed with humility. Somebody say, wear it like a garment. He says, be clothed with humility. You and I are called to be clothed with humility. We are to put on humility like a garment. Last week, we tried to uh, establish, I think the, the weeks ahead, we tried to establish why it was necessary to wear humility as a garment. Last week, specifically, we began to look at how we can practically live a life of humility. There are some pictures of humility that some people have come to associate with humility. But is that Really, humility in the sight of God. Human beings have their own measure of humility. If you are humble, there is a certain haircut you must not wear. You must not have a certain line in your head if you are humble. There are some kind of dresses you don't wear if you are humble. Am I communicating at all? Yeah. I mean, from traditional churches that were raised in. If your hair shape will not support punk, you still have to wear that kind of punky hair. Because that is what shows that you are humble. There is a certain pastoral haircut. If you're a pastor, there's a certain haircut you cannot wear. So, when we meet a pastor who is done mesh, the cornrow. There are pastors who do cornrow. You've not seen one before? Yeah, they do it. They do it. And there are some of us, when you meet a pastor like that, you can't even listen to him. Because immediately you blacklist him in your mind. And for all you know, he's holier before God than you. Praise the Lord. So, it's important that we understand things from scriptural perspective. We don't read our culture into Bible. It's always, always important that you don't allow your culture to affect your way of thinking. The Bible says that you are made of null effect the word of God because of your tradition. There's a tradition that we have. And that tradition, there are good things in our tradition, but there are things... That are contradictory. They have no reference to God's word. So you need to understand. When the Bible says someone is humble. There is a way God looks at humility. Somebody can wear all the things. Walk in all the ways of humility. But his heart is super, super, super arrogant. That's where God looks at really. So it's not in your long skirt or your short skirt. (laughs) It's not in your refusing to put a line in your head. Are you here? Yeah. If that makes you holy, it doesn't really make you holy. Practical ways to walk in humility. Number one is that you have to renew your mind. Somebody renew your mind. Now, we said if you are going to walk in humility, you have to renew your mind. That means your mindset must be consistent with scripture. You should evaluate things from the perspective of scripture. By the time you say somebody is proud, you want to see that consistently what scripture describes as pride is seen in the person's life and not in your own thinking. Your mind must be renewed. Somebody say, my mind, renewed. my mind must be renewed. And I told you last week that pride is principally a mindset thing. It is in your mind. Your mind, your mind, your mind, your mind. See something in Galatians chapter 6 verse 3. If any person thinks, somebody say, if any person thinks. If any person thinks. Yeah. Yeah. if any person thinks himself to be somebody too important to can descend to shoulder and not des- load, you think of yourself. That is proud person. When you meet a proud person, there is a way he thinks of himself. It's not bad to think good of yourself, but there is a certain threshold you should not go beyond. Yeah. Think good of yourself and think better of others also. So pride, we said, is principally a mindset thing. It's a thinking thing. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you are going to overcome pride, we have to embrace God's thoughts and walk in God's ways. And then number two, we said we have to cultivate a lowly mind. Somebody say a lowly mind. A lowly. Last week, we looked at what that kind of mind was a lowly mind. And then number three, remind yourself of God's goodness and celebrate him at all times. If you are going to walk in humility, remind yourself. Somebody say, remind yourself. yourself. Say, remind yourself. yourself. Uh You have to constantly remind yourself when you are increasing, becoming larger and larger and bigger and greater. And things are falling in place. And you are getting your desires met. And all of that. You always want to bring yourself to a place of remembrance. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Don't forget it. do you even say, don't forget it. You must not forget it. The moment we forget, our heart gets lifted and our head gets swollen. And then number four, we said, you must demonstrate your dependence on God through a lifestyle of what? lifestyle of what yeah you demonstrate your dependence of god through a lifestyle of prayer a life void of prayer is a life of pride when you don't pray you know your way around when you don't pray it's communication it's a non-verbal communication to god when you don't pray you are simply telling god that you don't exist Because he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So the reason why you pray is because you have faith that God exists. Not only do you have faith that God exists, but you also have faith that God is able to meet you at the point of need. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The people who pray are diligent seekers. Are you here with me? So when you are not praying, when your life is... It's just going in the motions. You are the type who prays when there's a crisis. That is what you are communicating to God. You know how to sort yourself out. And the Bible clearly tells us, except the Lord build the house and labor in vain, that what? Yes. Talk to me. Except the Lord build the house and labor in vain, that what? Yes. He uh-huh. said, by strength shall no man prevail. First, somewhere 2, 9. By strength shall no man prevail. I see you prevailing. Amen. I see you do great exploits. Amen. Of course, number five, resist the temptation to place your confidence in the flesh instead of God. Somebody say resist it. it. Say resist it. it. Yeah, resist resist it. Resist it. Resist it. Resist it. When certain things are going in the flesh, it's very easy to take confidence in the flesh. It is very easy for some people to have their faith in God because they don't even have any place else to put their confidence They don't have a nice class to put their confidence in. Nice family to put their confidence in. Nice wife, nice child. Nothing is nice around them. So all they have is God. Where they were born is not nice. In the manger, the school they attended is not nice. Everything about them is not nice. So really when they have to really talk, they don't even have something to say. When people meet and they are talking about secondary schools, they don't mention their school name. So they really don't have much to talk about. Paul was talking about that in Philippians chapter 3, verse 3 to 6. He listed a number of things that people can brag about. He said, for we are Christians, we Christians are the true circumcision. Who worship God in spirit and by the spirit of God and glory and pride ourselves. Do you see that? Pride ourselves in Jesus Christ. And put no confidence or dependence on what we are. What are you? Beautiful, tall, short, colored, yellow, sex pass. What are you? <laughs> he said, we don't put confidence in what we are. The money we have, the car we have, we don't put confidence in any of that. He says, in the flesh or outward privileges. Do you know my position? <laughs> of physical advantages or external appearances (laughs) am i communicating here all of these are things people take pride in how they appear as if they did something to appear the way they appear the color of their skin as if they created it their height bible says they don't take advantage we don't pride ourselves in any of these things because paul also had a list of things that He could rely upon to boast and brag about verse 4. He says that though for myself I have at least grounds, somebody say, grounds. Yeah. Turn your debt and say, check your grounds. Yeah. When your background, <laughs> when your background is strong, you can easily take confidence in it. That is why Saul's daughter Micah was telling David, listen, you you have taken this praising God too seriously because you you were born as a shepherd boy you have been following sheep ah, now that you have been made king you don't know the protocol of kingship so you have been made king and you are still thinking and behaving like a shepherd boy come here let me teach you how to behave yourself so when the man was dancing she could not understand it see this my husband oh, mumu husband <laughs> after all these years after all the work my father saw did on you you are still behaving and dancing and moving your body. Before this, small, small servants, they said, say, listen, I know where all this thing began. My background is not impressive. I remember when my father was calling all my siblings to come for anointing. I was not even mentioned. They didn't even consider that I was part of the family. When they were lining up people who had the biceps and the triceps and all the forceps to do what they needed to do. <laughs> I wasn't there. I didn't qualify for any of those things. But God had mercy on me. He says, my background, I have to rely on the flesh. If any other considers that he has or seems to have reason to, lie, to rely on the flesh, and his physical and outward advantages, I still have still more. Now, what Paul is telling us here is that it's not bad to have a good background. All of us desire to have a good background. Is that not what you are struggling to give your children? Yeah, all of you are struggling to give that to your children. In fact, if you are not struggling for that for your children, you are not correct. Because a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So if you are not born well, you must give birth to children well. Did you understand what I said? Yes, sir. Yeah, if you are not born well, make sure that your children will thank God for being born well. Because as we are seated here, some of you sometimes you wish, even after many years of being in Christ, sometimes you wish that somebody else gave birth to you. Either somebody else gave birth to you or you were born in another place. (laughs) Is that one true? Maybe the first one is not, but the second one dear, I am sure. I am sure. I am sure. (laughs) I am sure. Last week, a pastor friend was telling me that somebody came to minister in his church and he asked how many people I'm trusting God for visas to travel. <laughs> he said, when he turned, everybody's hand was up. I can almost tell that the pastor will not agree <laughs> that, that some of the people will get visas when they go. Yeah. yeah. It tells all of us that if we have the chance, Chile, we'll be born somewhere else. But Paul said that that is it. I have great privileges. I have all of these things. But look at this, verse 5. I was talking about the fact that it's not bad to be born in a good place, but it is dangerous for that to eat you up because you can be born on a mountain and die in a valley. And it is proven that people who usually struggle through life, most of them end up succeeding much more than people who were born well. People who were born and were exposed to a lot of challenges, most of them end up doing well in percentage terms. They end up doing well than people who never go through certain things in life. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. Of course, he's talking about a Jewish background. For a Jewish man, this is very, very important. If he goes the ninth day, it's not good. Eight days. Of the race of Israel. <laughs> All Jews have a superior mindset. Yeah, That's some Jewish books. If you read them, you understand why the people are blessed. I mean, there is virtually no field in life that you won't have Jewish people prominently leading in all fields. Technology, military, health, every aspect of human endeavor. Because God's blessing is irrevocable. The blessings of God are irrevocable. The Jews are not a special people under this dispensation. The church is a special person. Yeah, Being a Christian puts you above a Jew in the natural The Bible says we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and not in the flesh and have no confidence in the flesh. So those of us who are born again, we are more important to God than Jewish people. But it does not in any way nullify God's blessings upon the Jewish people. He blessed them and they are permanently blessed. That's why it's impossible to curse a person who has been blessed of God. Most nations on earth don't like Jewish people, including even our own country. Most African countries don't like Jewish people. We would rather side with Palestine than side with Jewish people. One group of people are hated on the planet. Increasingly, recent times, anti-Semitism is coming up very strong, and people are becoming concerned about it. But there are one group of people who have been hated and persecuted and have gone through atrocities in life, and yet they have come up stronger and stronger and stronger. They live in... Largely a desert land, and yet they feed the nations. They are just an unbeatable people. Sometimes when I think about these things eh, and I compare it to the fact that I am superior to God than such people, it makes me think that, Charlie, (laughs) God really has a lot of concern about us. And if the Jewish people in the natural could not be cursed, how much more? The new man in Christ. Am I communicating here? Yeah, because that's what Paul is talking about. And is it, it has to do with your mentality. It's how Jewish people think. They see themselves as a special breed. They, they see themselves. They think like that. They think like that. You see, the reason why the Germans almost dominated the world was because Hitler was able to sow in their minds that they were superior than all other human beings. When you are born again, you need to understand that you are a different breed. Somebody say I'm a different breed. You are a superior breed because that's who you are. You see, that's who you are, spiritually and supernaturally. But it will not manifest in your life until it dominates your thinking. It has to dominate your thinking. You have to think like that. Where you respond to life, as where you are going through what other people are going through, you are not expecting the negative experience to happen to you because you think you are a superior breed. Am I communicating here? Yeah. When challenges come you understand that your capacity to deal with them is stronger because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Am I communicating here? It's not that you are not going to be exposed to what other people are exposed to, but the bottom line is that you are different. Americans have that kind of confidence also. When you meet them anywhere, they think that they are superior. You can arrest and keep them in a Russian jail. They are still strong that their government will one day come for them. Tends and even say resist the temptation. Uh Resist the temptation to put confidence in the flesh. You see, sometimes the way some people are very confident in the flesh, if you became that confident in the spirit, I tell you, things will change. If you became that confident in the spirit, when we even get to be connected to certain powerful people in the flesh, you see the way it boosts our confidence. Am I communicating here? Can boost your confidence, but you see. Is because you have underrated the one who is in you. There are people you are connected to on the outside. There are people you know on the outside. And they have made you so confident. (laughs) They have made you so confident. You know, let's say you are going for an interview at, uh, what do you call it, KNUST for one of those programs. And the person who is the chair of the interview is your father's old friend. (laughs) <laughs> when others are jittery and they are anxious and they can't tell whether they will be taken or not you seem so relaxed you seem so relaxed because you know it's a damn deal how come you are not so restful in the Lord the Bible says rest in the Lord and you can't rest in God until your mindset is that God is able of the tribe of Benjamin can we talk about tribe huh? is it okay to talk about tribe Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one is from the tribe of Benjamin. Benjamin. The tribe of Benjamin. (laughs) Should I talk about tribe? Huh? Who is not from a tribe here that you are looking at? Everybody comes from a certain tribe. Yeah. And there are some people that think their tribe is better, other people also think that their tribe is not fine. There are some people, they are not proud of the tribe they come from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They would rather not say it. There are some people, they actually sometimes identify with other people. They pretend they are some other people. They will speak that language, they will conduct themselves with those mannerisms, and you go in, inside, 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 you know That they are from somewhere else. Praise the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, be proud of your tribe. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Don't allow anybody to make you feel inferior about yourself. Said a Hebrew, the son of Hebrews. That one, I don't know what it means. (laughs) As (laughs) As to the observance of the law, I was of the party of the Pharisees. You know the Pharisees. The Pharisees obeyed the law to the letter. Not a single one thing. The Bible said you pay tithes of annies and kumis. They were very detailed. That's what Jesus said. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, you can in no way enter into the kingdom of God. Pharisees. They didn't joke with the law. They knew the law and they obeyed the law. He says, as for the Law, no, 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 no. When it comes to zeal, I was a persecutor of the church. Zeal, zeal. If Paul picks a microphone and he's praying, you feel zeal. If Paul is preaching, you feel zeal. If he's singing, you see zeal. He was very zealous. Everything he did, he did it with great zeal. But the law's standard of righteousness, suppose justice, uprightness, and right standing with God, I was proven to be blameless, and no fault was found with me. Now, this is very, very, very serious. Because the law, before you can be found blameless, you have to observe all of them. (laughs) All of them. Not the Ten Commandments. The 613 of them. All of them. Because the law said that when you break one, you are broken all. All of them. That's how the law is. That is why nobody can be justified before God by the standard of the law. Everybody is justified by faith. not the standard of the law. But Paul said that, I tried my best and I was blameless as matters pertaining to the law. The guy had a willow. I think the guy, he really had a certain strong sense. And all of these things, he didn't take pride in any of those things. When he got born again proper, his greatest confidence was in Christ. So verse 7. But whatever former things I had that might have been gains to me, I've come to consider as a one combined loss for Christ's sake. Praise the Lord. You see, the things that are important, the things you have attained, the things you were born with, the privileges you have, the way you relate to them can give us a reflection of your humility before god when you are in a certain position how you relate with the position can tell us whether you're humble or not when you have a certain privilege how you handle that privilege can tell us whether you're humble or not it's not in your dressing at all then of course we said never underestimate rich rewards a lifestyle of humility guarantees number seven Put your trust in God and not in earthly or material possessions. If you are going to walk in humility, this is one of the things that's very important. Put your trust in God and not in earthly or material possessions. Somebody say, put your trust in God. Say, put your trust in God. Yeah, your trust must be in God and in God alone. Keep your trust in God. Put your trust in the Lord and in God alone in the book of first Timothy chapter 6 verse 17 the king james says that charge those who are rich in this world not to be high minded you see i told you that pride is a mindset thing high minded low minded high minded don't be high minded but not trust in uncertain riches so high minded and trust in uncertain riches they go together yeah why well, you see people who are haughty They also trust in what they have. Praise the Lord. Yeah, You see, money is a good tool, but it's a wrong place to put trust. Are you here with me? It's a good tool, but it's a wrong place. When it is in your hands, it is good. But when you put your head on it, you will die before your time. Because it cannot secure you. Look at what the Bible says here. In the book of Psalm 49, verse 6 to 11. He said, Those who trust in their wealth and boast in the multitude of their riches. Now go ahead. None of them can buy. Uh He's just telling you that money is great, but there are things money cannot do. That's why you can't trust money as if it answers everything. Money doesn't answer everything. None of them can buy enemies, redeem his brother, nor give a ransom for him. Okay? Uh You cannot. Money is powerful, but if you trust in money, money cannot. There's a limit to what money can do. Then he says, For the redemption of their souls is costly and it shall cease forever. The redemption of a soul is much more than money can buy. Verse 9 that they should continue to live eternally and not see the pit. Verse 10. For he sees wise men die, likewise the fool and the senseless person perish, and leave their wealth to others. Look at verse eleven. Let's read it together. Their inward thought is that their houses will last; their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their names. That's how miserable they are. Those who trust in wealth—that's how they see. <laughs> they talk as if their money will be there forever. Number eight. Learn to cast all your cares on the Lord if you are going to walk in humility. Somebody say, cast all your cares on the Lord. People don't know that being anxious is a sign of pride. Living with anxiety is a sign of pride. Because, why are you anxious? Because you feel that your life is uh, being delayed. You are anxious because you think that things may not work out the way you want them to work out. You are anxious because you think that Maybe you will not get what you need to get. That's why you are anxious. When you are anxious, you are simply telling God that he is a bad manager of your life. God is not able to handle the affairs of your life. In fact, your life is too much for God. (laughs) That's what anxiety means. Your life is too much for God. The issues about your life, they are too big for God to handle. And that's an insult to God's integrity, and who he is. The Bible says in Psalm 55, verse 22, cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall what? He shall what? He shall what? He He will never suffer the righteous to be moved. He shall cast your burden. Cast it upon him. He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous. In other words, whatever you cast on God, he's much more able to deal with it. Turn to you even say he's able Turn to your neighbor again and say, he's able. able. When you read 1 Peter 5, verse 6 and 7, look at this. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in what? Now look at verse 7. Casting all your cares on him, for he cares for you. How do you humble yourself when you cast all? When you cast all? When you cast all your business cares, when you cast all your relational cares, when you cast all your financial cares, when you cast all, not some of them, all your cares, it's not casting 99.9%. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. So when you live with anxiety, perpetually anxious, you are so worried about tomorrow, what you are simply saying is that God is not able to carry all your cares. And that's pride. That's why I'm telling you that pride is not what you have been made to believe. It's not in your pious working. Pride is in your disposition toward what God says you are. You are proud when you decide that you will call yourself what God does not call you. That is pride. God says you are righteous. He says we are sinners saved by grace. Yeah. God says you are able to do exceedingly abundantly through Christ who strengthens you. He says, no. <laughs> the way things are going, we will soon be dying one by one. You see, when you talk like that, <laughs> you, you are simply insulting God's intelligence. Are you here with me? Yeah, these are things we do every day. And when we say these things, we talk like this, God resists the proud. So you are praying, but you are still being resisted. You don't know why. You simply don't know why. Praise the Lord. So cast all your cares. Somebody say, cast all your cares. Say, cast all your, cares all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Amen. Yeah, God's government is I care for you, government, and it's for real. Amen. Praise the Lord! Amen. I said, God's government is I care for you, government, and it's for real. Amen. It's not, it's not fake. When he says he cares, he genuinely cares. Amen. Amen. And he will be meeting your every need and every care Amen. in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. That's why Paul said, be anxious for nothing but by in everything, by prayer and supplication. Make with thanksgiving, make your request known unto God. Make it known. All you need to know is to make it known and to relax. Most of the time we make it known, but we don't relax. That's why we don't get answers. We make it known, but we are not relaxed. Be anxious for nothing. Before prayer, you need to kill anxiety. After prayer, you need to kill anxiety. Yeah, you don't use prayer to kill anxiety. No, you kill anxiety before you come into prayer. You kill anxiety because anxiety is a battle going on in your mind. It's a conflict on your mind. So kill it and then come into prayer. Be anxious for nothing. After prayer, the thing that will help you to kill anxiety is perpetual thanksgiving. Every time the matter you are prayed about and you have the note of victory in your spirit that has been sorted out by God comes up in your mind. Say, Father, I thank you that it's done. I thank you that it's settled. I thank you that it's done. I thank you that the answers are manifesting. Am I communicating here? Yeah. yeah, that's that's how you take delivery of what you have requested for. Number nine, accept every God-ordained authority in your life and be submissive to it. If You are going to walk in humility. You have to understand that God is a God of order. You see, when people don't learn to submit to authority, they are simply questioning God's wisdom. Yeah. When you don't submit to authority, you are questioning God's wisdom. Why did you give me such a stupid father and now told me that I should honor my father? Is that not what you are saying? Yeah. Why well, you say you can't honor him? That's what you are telling God. You gave me a very stupid man, you God, And now you are telling me I should bow. I mean, I cannot bow to such a person. You gave me such a nasty boss and you expect me to bow? No. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 13 verse 1 and 2 there, New International Version. Let everyone, somebody say everyone. Everyone. Say everyone. Everyone. Uh Let everyone, the big, the small, and the great, let everyone be subject to governing authorities. Somebody say governing authorities. Say governing authorities. Uh The reason why God placed governing authorities is so there will be order. God did not set up governing authorities so that people will be dominated because no human being was ordained to be dominated. Every human being is born free. No human being is ordained for domination. That's why God gave dominion to man. He didn't give dominion to man over man. He gave dominion over everything. In Genesis chapter 1, the Bible said, God created, may feel, created he them, and he blessed them, and he said to them, have dominion. You didn't see uh, have dominion over Koshua, have dominion there. You have dominion over birds of the air, the fish of the sea, everything else except man. Because a man was not born to be dominated. Am I communicating here? Yes. But God, in his scheme of things, expects order to prevail. Because in order, there's progress. In order, there's prosperity. In order, there can be advancement. There can be no prosperity, peace, and progress in a place where there's no order. That's why he sets up authority. Now, imagine Ghana without police. Just imagine Ghana without police. What a country. There's a country on the planet Earth, it's almost self-imploding. Haiti. Haiti is almost self-imploding. There's no police system. The president was assassinated. Since he was assassinated, it's a country of gangs. Various groups of gangs. They wanted to become part of African Union. African Union said, no, they won't take them. <laughs> 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 I'm sure if it had been any other time, and at any other proper, and they had some things, they would have taken them. But in their present state, even me, I don't agree, we should take them. Yeah, yeah, because it is worse. It's almost like a failed state. Because the police is not working, the army is not working, and everywhere is basa, 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 basa. Listen, you cannot live in a place where there is no order. Praise the Lord. And the reason why God sets authorities so they can ensure others. So the Bible says that let every soul be, be subject to government for there is no authority except that which God has established. Every authority, whether it's at work, at home, at church, anywhere in the government, that is what God established. That's what God established. So you may not vote for MPP, but MPP is what God has established. That is you rule us at this time. So you can't say that because I'm NDC, I'm going to make the country ungovernable. We will arrest you, jail you, beat you, and put you somewhere else. Am I communicating here? Yeah, because you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't say that because I didn't vote for this, I'll make sure that you people who are MPP or something, you will not enjoy your country. No, it doesn't work. The authority will step in and deal with you. He said "These the authorities that exist have been established by God. Somebody say established by God. Established by God. God. It is God's wisdom that government is not God's idea. The church is God's idea. But God permits government so that human beings can exist and life can go on. Through his law. It's not the instrument God uses. The church is God's instrument for influence and impact. But government is God's wisdom. Are you here with me? That's why when a church teaches you that you shouldn't vote, that church is not a correct church. Yeah, because it's one of the structures God has used, designed that it helps. Can you imagine if we all didn't vote? How would the nation be run? People teach all kinds of things, and people who are not deep thinkers can fall for them. We all don't vote. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Yeah. You are driving, there's no traffic lights where there's traffic like we have problems. You are driving, there's no police. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He said, consequently, look at this, look at this, look at this. Verse 2, consequently, whoever rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has. What God has. What God has. And those who do so will bring judgment on on on, yes, yeah. So you have to learn to work with authority. Learn to work with authority. Many people don't work well with authority, and it is also one way God uses to raise an authority. You can never become an authority if you don't learn to submit to authority. Yeah. If somebody is the CEO of Confernati today, and you are supposed to work with him, and you are saying this guy yeah, here like, is like this, is like this, is mind you, where you also get there, there are people who say you are also some way you are this, that, that, that. It will always be there. My husband is like this. My wife is like this. When the flip turns, somebody will also say you are like that. Because there are always people who have their own views and opinions about us. So you are not doing it because of who the person is or what he's like. You are doing it because of who instituted and put the person there. Am not communicating here? That's how we do it. That is how we all work with it. It's not that when we say we are praying for our kufadu, cool it's not like he has built a house for me, giving me a car or anything. He's not done nothing like that for me. Praise the Lord. But I have a responsibility. <laughs> 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 I'm I preaching at all. No, 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 no. I have a responsibility under God to honor that authority because God has decided that after the election petition and everything, He's the one who should remain on the seat. Yeah, so we all come under and support Him and with IMF. So that uh, <laughs> the nation can experience the turnaround. Number 10, learn to receive instructions, corrections, and rebukes with a positive attitude. Learn to do that. 10 to 11, learn to do that. Number 11, seize every opportunity to serve God and your fellow believers in Christ with your gifts. If you are going to walk in humility, learn to serve. Learn to serve one another. All of us have been gifted, and we have to use our gift to serve one another. All of us have been gifted. We ought to use our gift to serve one another. And then number 12, never underestimate the disastrous consequences of a prideful lifestyle. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's dangerous to walk in pride. If you didn't hear anything, turn to your neighbor, if you didn't hear anything about why it's important, that you walk in humility. Walk in humility. Let, the fear Let the fear. And the consequences. That comes on those. Who walk in pride. Protect you. Ezekiel 28 verse 13 to 15. Your heart was lifted because of your. Because of your. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. Verse 14, you were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fairy stones. You were perfect in all your ways from the day you were created. till iniquity was found in you. Praise the Lord. That is uh, something that theologians generally believe that is referring to Satan before he became who he became. Of course, Nebuchadnezzar's own is a clear example for all of us. Daniel chapter 5, verse 18 to 21. O king Nebuchadnezzar, the High gave, gave Nebuchadnezzar, your father, a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor. And because of the majesty he gave him, all peoples, all nations, all languages trembled and feared before him. Whomever he wished, he executed. This guy had power. <laughs> Whomever he wished, he what? Whomever he wished, he whomever he wished, he set up. Whomever he wished, he put down. When God gives you power, be careful. All of this power, he was he had forgotten that it was given to him. Then he said, but his heart was lifted up and the spirit was hardened in. Spirit was hardened in. He was what? deposed from his kingly throne and they took his glory from him. Then he was driven from the sons of men. His heart was made like the beasts and his dwelling was with the wild donkeys. They fed him with grass like ozone. His body was wet with dew of heaven till he knew that the most high God rules in the kingdom of man and appoints over it whomever he chooses. May God choose you and put you high. May you never be deposed. May wherever God has ordained for you, may you not lose it to pride. May God take you higher and higher. May humility cause your horn to be exalted. Like the horn of the unicorn. May you be anointed with fresh oil the rest of your days. Lift up your hands and begin to pray and receive grace to walk in humility.
0: and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6pm to 8pm. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasa about Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you.